Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I'm here with Joey. Hey everybody and welcome to our podcast today. We are on the leadership team here at the Dream Center and today we will be talking with Deborah Epps. Deborah is a licensed professional counselor and she has recently begun serving on our Opportunity Village team um, in a counseling point of view. So Deborah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Awesome. How are doing? Great. We are great. Well, we're pumped to hear more about your story. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about what your life was like growing up? My life growing up, I was born and raised here in Easley, South Carolina. So my I have deep roots here. Um, I love Easley, and definitely it's my home, uh, not only just living, but also my heart is here with Easley and Pickens County. Um, I grew up with my biological mother and father, and I am the youngest of five kids. So I have two older brothers and two older sisters. And my oldest brother is deceased, and most of us uh, live here in Easley. I have one sister who lives in Florida currently. Awesome. You know, I have known you for a good while. Yes. And it goes back, uh, we won't even say how long, but uh, <laughs> but I uh, was wondering if you could share with the folks today about um, what your relationship was you know, how you came to know Christ and your relationship with him. Because um, there might be somebody sitting out there that wants to hear that part of your story. And I think that's where our hope comes from, is, is especially when we know him and he, he radically changes our lives. So could you share that part of your story? Yes, absolutely. I, I did grow up in a Christian family. And so my mother and father were both Christians. I was raised in the church uh, here in Easley at Park Street Baptist Church. And so just really rooted in the church and all my family, friends uh, were connected back in the day, um, both through school. My school friends were also my church friends and were also in the same community. So it was very tight-knitted from a relationship standpoint. Um, I came to know the Lord uh, personally when I was eight years old and I had blood poisoning. And so I had a fear of death, really, um, because I just kept hearing this phrase from my mom and my doctor saying, if that red streak goes from your foot to your heart, you may die. And so I kind of got fixated on that statement, not knowing exactly what death was, and um, really had a very personal encounter with Jesus. Um that matched the scripture in Revelations 3.20 where he comes in to the door of our heart and knocks. And if we invite him in, then he will come in. And, um, and I really experienced that in a very real, emotional, and uh, factual way that um, instilled a, a, deep, a deep root with Jesus. And then after that ended up with a lot of discipleship and growing up in the church, in the church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I would consider myself to have been very well discipled through my childhood and teenage years that um, that kept strengthening those roots to grow. Did you have a strong relationship with Jesus throughout all of your life, or were there any times where you felt hopeless, or there may have been a point where you just really struggled to believe 
and who he was? I would say that I have never struggled with uh, my re- my relationship with God of my belief system and questioning him, questioning uh, his existence, his love for me, his unconditional love. But uh, around 18 years old, between 8 and, and 18 years old, I was on fire for, for God and close with Jesus and loved evangelism and um, just just enjoyed my relationship as a, as, as a Christian. Um, but at 18 years old, after graduating from high school, I started drifting. Um, and, it's, and it's really interesting because the last song during that, I guess, phase of my life that I sang at church was Just a Closer Walk With Thee. I was 18 years old, and I just started Clemson University, sang that song in the fall of my freshman year, and then it became a slow fade and a drifting away during my college years. And so I never left my belief, but I did leave the fellowship of believers and the lifestyle, and just choice by choice, we started experimenting with boys and what I say, the, the three B's, boys, beer, and walking away from my beliefs or fading away from them. And so uh, by 28, that really bottomed out into, I guess, a hopeless place of despair. I, I hesitate to say hopeless because I, ne- I never really felt hopeless, but it was a, a deep place of despair and pain and confusion. How did you overcome that? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, at 28 uh, and through just uh, a lot of those choices and the and the fade into the world, right, and the drift away from the Lord, I ended up at 28 with um, a divorce that I didn't want. And ended up in October of that year, I uh, spent two years, two two weeks in a mental health hospital. I was diagnosed with acute PTSD and in a manic episode of bipolar disorder. I never struggled with that in the past, and now we know that that was more trauma-related than anything. And so in about 18 months, I was in that mental health hospital, and then about uh, six months later, I had gotten a DUI, drinking too much, and then ended up uh, at the Pickens County Mental Health Clinic getting stabilized on medication that I needed and seeking treatment for all the above, mental health, substance abuse, and just uh, the wreckage of my life starting to pick it up. But in that, I really also started coming back to my roots with family and friends and most of all, Jesus, because there were times in that despair that my family was there, they couldn't help, my friends were there, they couldn't help or do anything, but Jesus was there, and he, I guess, walked me through the internal conflicts and confusions, showed me truth, showed me reality, and showed me the way out, choice by choice. Wow, that is is good. In all of this, where did your professional life come in you know how did how did you come to become a licensed professional counselor you know was that from your time in Clemson or did this all lead you to want to then help people that may have been in a situation similar to yours 
Well, Tatum, I'll have to say I'll give the all the credit to the Lord because I had no goals at all other than to live life and have fun. And <laughs> I, I would say that I was always just moving forward, sometimes stumbling forward, sometimes crawling forward in life until that time in the mental health hospital where I just had um, a realization that I needed to, number one, get my life together. And then once I did, number two, help other people. And so I think it was just, um, it was almost a major by default, (laughs) you know, and then God has used it mightily. Um, If I entitled my I have entitled my story and my testimony as diagnosis is not my destiny. And I made it my quest that I w- what did I need to do? What did I need from God and others to not return to those places of the mental health hospital, of jail, of not using alcohol or drugs? Uh, I, d- I never did really use drugs. I never did use drugs, but I did struggle with alcohol off and on. So... If there's, which I know there probably is, there's somebody that's hearing your story um, as we're talking and as they're listening. And when you came to that place where you realized there needed to be a change and in that moment, can you speak into that person that's listening right now that may need some hope? And, and they're they're hearing this and they say, okay, where did your hope came come from, Deborah? Where did it come from? Can you just kind of speak into that for a second? Yeah, like I said, it's not only the hope and the help from other people but and the hope from the Lord, but the realization that the hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just the help and the hope that he can give us, but he himself as a person and um, the fullness of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in working in me, and that if he will do it for me, he will do it for anyone. And so for me, having had that grounding in Christ as uh, a kid and into teenage years, that when I was falling apart at 28, just a a deep crisis of belief that led me to, uh, I guess, the opposite of the old hymn, it is not well with my soul. That's when I bottomed out of, oh, Lord, it is not well with my soul. What do, what do I need? I need to return to my roots of loved ones. I need to return to my uh, truth in Jesus Christ. And I need to make the choices that um, are going to get me out of the hole and the brokenness and the despair I was in. And so I started that journey. And so Diagnosis Not Destiny is a journey of overcoming and rewriting my path to wellness. And um, I think the key parts of that is that would apply to me, it'll apply to any other person, uh, because God loves each and every one of us, regardless of how we were raised, what we've done. There's just no deal breakers with him. And so with that hope um, and that assurity, that assurance, I came to five different things in that in my story of diagnosis not destiny. Well, number one, it's not my destiny. Never has been, never will, as far as being in those places of despair. That's not what God created me for, and that was not his plan for me. Number two was that that diagnosis and 
all the factors around the mess of my life was not my identity. And it was <laughs> the choices I was making and the, um, the lifestyle I was leaving, leading from 18 to 28 was, uh, was definitely not my identity and who I am. Third was uh, diagnosis was not my ability. And, but it definitely affected it. The choices I was making, the alcohol, the lifestyle, and the pain, and the, the trauma that I had experienced definitely affected my ability. Fourth one was that my diagnosis did not determine my right-mindedness unto the Lord. And what I knew was right and wrong, uh, what was appropriate in society. And so this was the start. The, these five things plus the next one was my turning point, was these five points. This is not what I am, not who I am, not my ability, not my uh, right-mindedness. And last, and I think probably the most important, is that diagnosis is not the yearning of my heart and that Jesus was the yearning of my heart. The peace and the love and the joy and the friendships that I had from childhood was, uh, was the yearning of my heart, and I needed to return to him. I was not the prodigal son, but I was definitely the prodigal daughter. Yeah. You know, all, all of us here uh, have a story, and sometimes I think, and I get caught up in the fact that, you know, um, maybe it's just me that has a story, but I hear your story. And every time I sit in front of this microphone and, and hear people share and how God does miracles. Yes. And it's amazing at the miracles that he, he accomplishes and he does in our life. And that person that's sitting out there right now listening, they have a miracle. They do. They can. They have a miracle, and it's just waiting for them. And I used to hear an old old pastor, um, old time pastor, that said, "Don't give up before the miracle takes place." Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Don't give up before the miracle takes place. And so, you know, uh, for that person that's listening today, I I just I just encourage them not to give up because there is hope. And it, you said who the hope is found in, and it's in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say that one a couple of things that are uh, important. You know, we can, I know, Joey, you, you talk about pain points in your story, and everybody has pain points, and I think it's important to see what we're overcoming, you know, because the key thing is to face it. Yeah. And a lot of times that just brings the pain flowing all over again, and we try to avoid it. Um, so the courage and the strength that we can find in Jesus Christ helps us face that reality, face the truth of the pain points that we've had. And mine were, were not only just disappointments in life from my own bad choices, but also the choices of other people and how they end up affecting us. Because for me, um, one of the major pain points was witnessing my brother's suicide. So there's a trauma there. There's a grief there. There's the despair of not only myself, but everybody in my family seeing my parents lose a child, seeing my brothers and sisters, we all lost a sibling, his children lost a father, and the ripple effect of suicide is tremendous. Mm -hmm. And so nobody is isolated from that. And so that's what started my journey into um, the mental health hospital, is really having trauma related to that. And I know, again, that by facing it, 
and being willing to endure pain is part of the the thing that Jesus shows us exactly how to do. Yeah. Is how to endure suffering. And I made it my quest to suffer well, but to suffer in the direction of overcoming versus staying where I was. Yeah, and those pain points, uh, I can speak through my life personally. Uh, I couldn't go around them to get recovery. I could not go above them or below them. I had to go right through them. And, and, And part of that in that recovery of facing that was just having the comfort of Christ in the middle of that. And there was healing in the fact of acknowledging that that actually happened in my life and knowing that it can be forgiven if it's something I did or even somebody else did. It can be forgiven through that. And so those pain points, as you mentioned, are important. Well, Deborah, we're going to transition just a little bit. So can you tell us about how you became involved with the Dream Center? Well, I had to really think back, but I think it started probably around 2015, actually, where my sister actually told me, say, hey, you want to get involved with some nonprofit work, then uh, contact Chris Wilson. So evidently my sister knew some things that were that Chris was up to. And then another colleague of mine, Greg, Greg Russ, he volunteered over here with JC Cares. And so just a couple different suggestions that ended up just kind of nudging me here. And so me and a friend of mine came over for the volunteer orientation. And then I came and spoke with the staff about Christian wellness program that I've been developing for, I guess, it's the story of my life and how to overcome and started volunteer doing teaching classes on stress management and other, other topics. Um, But then with Opportunity Village specifically, became involved, I guess, for the last two years. Joey, do you think? Yeah, I think it was, it's been about two years, yeah. Yeah, so I, I taught Dream Center classes, and then I started just really focusing in with the Opportunity Village and uh, teaching classes just for uh, the ladies in that program and that's really evolved and transformed into um, where I am now as providing counseling for the Dream Center ladies in the program or for the Opportunity Village ladies. Yeah, and we have seen how that has benefited our ladies uh, a whole lot, and we're excited about what the days ahead are going to be like. Can you tell us, Deborah, how has your time here impacted you personally joey the the clear impact on my life i think that we impact others and wherever we go we're impacted as well as long as we're open to give and receive and number one is a level of deep gratitude that working with these ladies and realizing that at a given time in my life I could have been anyone of them. I could have been homeless. I could have been jobless because I was in despair (laughs) and at times not able to function in jobs, but it ended up being temporary. So a deep level of gratitude that, number one, I'm not dead, probably should have been at any given time, and number two, that um, I'm not in jail, and that number three, that the gratitude that I did have a home, and with my family that I could go to and stay. 
that's not fun when you're 28 years old and you're living with your parents. Um, but thank God that you had a home, that I had a home. So a deep level of gratitude and a deep level of compassion, a deepening of compassion for others. Realizing that we do not, that especially in Christ, we don't have to have experienced the same type of pain that other people have to help them and to love them and to be there for them. I think that's a misunderstanding that people say, I've never done that, so I can't help them. I've never had that struggle, so I can't help them. And I don't think that's true. That level of compassion has just deepened with my time here, and, and which is another level of gratitude. Um, back to the Lord to do what he's commanded us, and that's to love others. That's good. So, Deborah, where do you find purpose in your life? I would have to say that it's in loving God and doing what he's, you know, striving to do what he's called us to do, and that's to love him and to love ourselves and to love others and to do it in better and better. I know we <laughs> I mess up. There's times I have not loved well. I know there's times that in Christ I have loved well, and that's that's my purpose is to do that and to help other people do that because love is supreme above everything else, like Paul says in Corinthians, let's pursue the more excellent way, and that is the way of love. Absolutely, loving God and loving others. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I have learned, too, while being here at the Dream Center. It teaches you, man, a greater sense of love for the Lord because where he brings you from to where we are now, uh, not that we've arrived, he's still doing a work on us, um, and then also meeting others where they are and loving them as Christ loves them. Yes. Uh, and that's 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 been my, I heard that in what you said as well, uh, just what the Lord does for us on a day-to-day basis here at the Dream Center. Is, that's that's awesome. Yep. In the, the path of overcoming, I found that, you know, uh, it wasn't easy and it doesn't happen overnight for me to get regrounded and moving forward. I think it took about, three years and uh, once I got regrounded and pursuing life again it's actually Tatum when I started to pursue a master's degree in counseling what is was was as a result of prayer that Lord what do you want me to do you've helped me overcome will you show me what you've done in my life so that way I can help others and that was my step into graduate school to pursue a degree in counseling so I could do just that. That's so encouraging because I feel like a lot of times people expect um, healing and life change to happen overnight, and that's definitely not the case. So to know that it took you a few years to get to a place where you were you know, praying specifically for the, your next steps, um, I think to me that's, that's an encouragement. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that that journey it is a journey and i wouldn't say that that 3 years was a place of healing but it was definitely a place of being regrounded and uh stable able to pursue what the lord wanted me to do well definitely today we've heard uh, your story loud and clear and it is filled with hope 
And yes. that is based on Jesus Christ and him alone. And so we're grateful, uh, Deborah, that you would take uh, some time to come and speak with us and share with the folks listening today. And I'm sure they were encouraged as they heard how God can take our lives and change them for his honor and for his glory. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of our podcast. Thank you, Joey and Tatum. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on Stories of Hope. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.